following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Yes, the time circuits are set, and the Retro Network Time Machine is about ready to jump to the past. Your pilot's on this journey. You've got Jason here, and Mickey is back with me this week. Uh, were you able to successfully negotiate for some plutonium there? I'm going to say yes. No, I did listen to part of the show last week. I hadn't got to listen to all of it yet, okay. but I heard the thing about not looking for plutonium. Yeah. I'm just looking for some time off. You, you can look for the plutonium. <laughs> okay. Well... You know, the time machine is all yours. You can, uh, you know, go back in time just maybe like eight hours and then double up on your sleep or something, right? <laughs> that, that's going to be the best part about time travel whenever it's invented, that you can sleep till noon but still be at work at 8 a.m. That's right. That'll yeah, be man. the best part. Yeah, we might can stop JFK assassination and stuff. But first, let us enjoy our sleeping <laughs> in and still being to work on time. <laughs> we'll all be refreshed and ready to go. It'll be great. All right, well, uh, we're going to get going here. Our sponsor this week, of course, is Retro Days. The website, retro-days.org. Go check it out this week and sign up for your free account so you can interact with that fun retro community over there. They have a uh, traditional form over there, too, which is very fun versus like what we do on the uh, VIP lounge over on Slack. But uh, speaking of VIPs, also wanted to let everyone know that our VIP vault is now set up for our Patreon VIPs. Over 100 podcasts are just sitting there. It's a private feed exclusive to our Patreon VIPs at the $5 level. And you get all of our old time machines dating back to June of 2019 when Mickey and I started podcasting, plus our grocery stories and Drive-In 95 series, our outtakes and... Of course, all of the after-hour shows, including the new weekly episodes that we are recording. Patreon.com forward slash The Retro Network. And that's all of the advertisements I've got this week. Uh, what uh, <laughs> what year are we traveling to this week, Mick? What are we uh, talking about? 1983. Spring of 1983. Where, uh, <clears throat> we're just going to hit some highlights of an old TV guide. And... As Jason and I record this, it's not up yet. We're working off some personal files, but the show notes post on the site will have all the scans of what we'll be talking about so you can follow along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll want to see some of these visuals because they were uh, truly a mind trip uh, just scrolling through these and uh, seeing some of these old advertisements and the essentially promos for the shows themselves too, one of which was just weird that <laughs> we'll get to but uh yeah this is going to be fun so make sure you are looking at the scans that we'll put up on the site uh so without further ado let's get going let's uh, jump in the time machine and head back to 1983 here we are in 1983 the wonderful TV guide. Would you have had a subscription back around this time, Mick? Were you a subscriber? No, my family bought it off the newsstand. Okay. Most week. I'd say most weeks. Well, I don't know about 83. I was a little young, but I know like 86, 87, 88. We bought it 
probably three out of four weeks a month. Okay. We never had TV guide. We always got, uh, our listings out of the newspaper, mm-hmm. we kept that around. And I think on the weekends they would do like the week long guide and mm-hmm. that would always be laying around. But my uncle had a subscription to TV guide. Uh, he and lived with my gram and every time I was over at Graham's house, that was like one thing I had to thumb through was the TV guide. I mean, it was like a novelty, you know, almost. Well, back then I only liked it for the listings, you know, so what come out of the paper would have been fine. But these days, man, these things are like mini time capsules. They Any are. old issue of TV guide is just full of, like you said earlier, product ads, uh, jingles, little news bites that don't get talked about or get forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such a trip. And I buy these off of eBay. And this one I got here recently, and we were thinking about topics for the show. And I was like, this has got a lot of good conversation pieces in it. We'll we'll try this and see how this audio-visual combination <laughs> works. Well, we've done uh, like the Toys R Us flyer. You know, that's kind of... Uh the same deal where you're just thumbing through and we'll have to be a little, uh, colorful with our language too. <laughs> Maybe not too colorful. We'll, we'll save that for after hours, but you know, to uh, describe what we're seeing But uh, yeah, this was great. I, this, I thought TV guide, I thought maybe it was one of those spring previews. And then I saw it was like an actual, you know, just pages from the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are we going to get through this? And I did, I forgot about all these like news headlines and little promos and stuff that are in here and all the ads. I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is really nice. And this is probably, I could have, good gosh, there was so much other good stuff in this one issue, but this would have been a three or four hour show if I put everything. So these are the <laughs> true highlights and what you're not seeing in the images I've scanned and what Jason has not seen. This issue was the farewell to mash issue. The issue come out of two or three weeks before the final episode aired. And it had two or three articles as interviewing the different actors and what they're going to miss about the show and stuff. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, they had Alan Alda had written about a 10 page piece for this where they asked him to name his favorite episode of mash. And he ended up, saying is like picking children, this and that. And he rattled off some of his favorite things about of about 20 episodes. So I didn't include all that, but I was going to ask you if one, you were a MASH fan and two, did you have a favorite episode? I can't say enough to MASH to have a favorite episode. I remember watching it uh, across the street. The uh, neighbor lady who was like a second grandmother to me was my babysitter a lot when I was younger and she loved the show. And I remember watching episodes with her, but to go back, I have not gone back and and really watched the series. Gosh, it was what, maybe six or seven seasons. I think nine or nine. Wow. Nine or 11. I mean, it started in the early Mm seventies and ended in 83. I remember watching it. It had to be in reruns because I wouldn't have remembered it before the series ended. But then after the wife and I got married and were staying at home a lot, it was on FX every night, like two straight hours. Mm-hmm. And she was a big fan, and I started watching it and liked it. And I've probably seen the whole series probably three times through now, through the years. Wow. It's a really good show. It's like a comfort food show for me these days. Mm-hmm. I can put it on. It's on It's on Hulu, I believe. 
you turn it on, you're doing something and just listen to it in the background. So I'm a big fan. That's cool. As uh, luck would have it, I just watched the movie Murder at 1600 last night, which has Alan Alda in it. So mm-hmm. uh, I found it for cheap on Google Play, and I remember that being a rental when it came out. And I think we ended up buying it like previously viewed from Blockbuster or something, and it was one that the wife and I would watch every once in a while. Wesley Snipes and Diane Lane uh, star in it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. If I had a favorite episode of MASH, it would be from the, I think it's the third season where the supply lines have been cut and they're having to do without all this stuff and the way they cope with it. And, uh, they're out of toilet paper and, uh, there's a funny line where, uh, Henry asked radar. He says, where's the paper? He says, we're out, sir. And he says, Oh, did they burn that too? And radar said, well, not right off. <laughs> so, but the first thing that's actually scanned here is an old ad for Bell System Telephones. <laughs> and I only included it for the tagline, reach out and touch someone. Yes. That was, yes. in my at least in my memory, that is one of the biggest taglines of the 80s. It's up there with Where's the Beef and some other ones. That's stuff that got repeated a lot. I feel like in my circles it did anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, those ads ran. Um, I re- <laughs> it's funny thinking about Bell Systems. I had a Tonka truck. I think it was Tonka or whatever, a Tonka-like truck that was a boom truck for Bell. And it had a little ladder with it. It came with like a driver that was in like the Bell uniform and uh oh gosh i love that thing dad was always into heavy construction that's what was his job so i naturally had a bunch of tonka trucks when i was a kid and that was one of them i remember playing with my whole group there it was a bell telephone truck reach out reach out and touch someone (laughs) back in the days when people actually paid for long distance yes what were they thinking Oh, and then the next ad, I only put two ads in here. There were several others, but, uh, it's an ad for hush puppy shoes. Mm-hmm. Knowing your preppy history, <laughs> I would bet there were some hush puppies in Jason's closet at some point. I don't think, well, I, that's quite possible. Maybe when I was little that mom would have bought, I'm sure she had every one of these shoes pictured here. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do remember the brand and and that being a, a you know a pretty big deal. And mom was more of a thrifty shopper. You know, she was only trendy when it came to me and you know wearing the Panama Jack and Ellie Gear stuff that we've been talking about over in Slack. But uh, yeah, I, Hush Puppies was a huge brand back in the day. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom was always like a little slightly behind the fashion trends when it came to me. And, you know, when everybody's wearing Air Jordans and stuff, she's like, but they're hush puppies. That's the style. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> same thing had been said about Bugle Boy jeans. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, seems like there was others that she was. I mean, I think I got a members only jacket in like 1989. You know. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little past the prime. Did you find that in the thrift store, mom? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
the next thing come out of the news section. And when I'm thumbing through it, I see this headline and I'm sure you see it. You may have done a double take too, but I'm like, that can't really be what that said. Yes. That's what that said. The headline is did Shatner finance raid into Laos? (laughs) William Shatner. Oh gosh. Paid four American soldiers a fortune who led a mission into Laos. And if you go on to read it, Clint Eastwood put some money into the pile too. More money, more money than he did. Yeah. Yeah. So William Shatner and Clint Eastwood, by gosh, soldiers of fortune financers. I mean, I had no recollection of this at all. Did you? No. no yeah. That's why I had to do a double take when I saw it. I had no recollection. I went out and just to kind of like confirm or get some backstory behind it, there is a, uh, a fun YouTube video. I'll include that in the notes too that you can watch and uh, tells about the story and how... Yeah, I mean, Shatner dodges the question. He says he's putting up ten grand for the guy's story. You know, he thought his life was interesting and all the the uh, like MIA POW missions and stuff that this <laughs> this guy was doing. James Bo Grit is the guy, mm-hmm. former lieutenant colonel of the Green Berets. I mean, this is straight out of the A team, man. Yeah, but then you see Clint Eastwood in here. He puts up thirty grand reportedly, and yeah, they went in. Uh, I think they it said they did not succeed. Maybe one of the team actually got killed, <laughs> but that's nuts, man. Just totally nuts. You know, when I saw this, you know what I thought? They should have brought in Shatner and or Eastwood into the Expendables movies as the client. Paying these oh, soldiers a fortune. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Cause most people would have no clue, but you know, people in the know would be like, Oh, I see what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like, I mean, they, they kind of dodged the whole story, but, uh, in that little video that I found the, the white house knew, and they just kind of wrote it off like, Oh, okay. So they, what's the Reagan era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that story, you got to read it, man. Just get the whole gist of it and watch that video. It's just nuts. All right. The next little highlight was a little blurb from the section of like what's hot this week, each night of the week. And I didn't know that he done anything like this, but the old show Square Pegs, I get you probably watched Square Pegs, didn't you? I've never seen an episode of Square Pegs. I know what the one show that, had, that had Sarah Jessica Parker in it, though. Yeah, that was her, I think, first role, and it only lasted one season, like 13 episodes. So I've never never gone back and watched it. Well, this it says here, there's nothing especially unusual about tonight's Square Pegs outing, except for the round hole playing a substitute teacher. He's Bill Murray, <laughs> giving the kids at Wee Wee a taste of the witty, you knucklehead persona he developed on Saturday Night Live. I didn't know Bill Murray done... I had no TV clue guest either. spots in the early years of his career. I had Makes no clue either. I want to search this episode up. Absolutely. Yeah, I had no recollection of this one either. Like I said, I've never watched Square Peg, so interesting. I wonder if it's out on streaming somewhere. If it was, it's probably like on Tubi or something. And little highlights like this from the old TV guides are easy to miss because they're just so small. And they weren't a newsworthy, a real newsworthy item then like they are now. Because the way they word it, you know, he's Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. If this was written today, he'd be like, it's Bill Murray. 
<laughs> it looks like you can buy the uh, square pegs. You can buy the whole series for 18 bucks on Amazon or buy an episode for two bucks. So yeah, I guess good. if you're going to buy an episode, you can buy the one with Bill Murray, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I lied. There is another ad in here. This one is for the video connection, which seems to be a small chain of, I'm guessing, video stores. Mm-hmm. But they're featuring Activision. Let's see. Choose your action. River Raid, Spider Fighter, Sequest. Three new games for the Atari VCS at the Video Connection. Does it say they're for sale or for rent? I'm guessing in 83, they're probably just for sale. That would be my guess. It's a black and white ad for some old Activision games. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, if you're in the Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island area, you might know the Video Connection. Mm -hmm. But... Activision games. Did you have an Atari 2600 when you were growing up? My brother did. I played on it very little. I got one probably about this time or maybe 84 when I was seven or eight years old. We got one and I had a ton of Activision, like all the Activision games and River Raid, Sequest. I've played those two a lot. And, you know, Pitfall was in there and. There was a, a fishing derby game, the, the game Freeway, I think I've told you about, where Dad and I would play with the chicken that runs up the highway. And Activision had a great library in those early days of video gaming. Well, the best part of old TV guides are the show ads peppered throughout the whole magazine. Mm-hmm. And the first one here is for T.J. Hooker, starring <laughs> William Shatner. And it's got a picture of this hooker on it surprisingly enough with the headline sweet 16 and dead (laughs) beautiful girl is dead and hooker is out to smash a teenage vice ring by god that makes you tune in and watch that crap you know i was on Tubi a couple nights ago and i came this close to pushing play on tj hooker i remember watching dad loved the show and I would catch an episode here or there, but I've never gone back to watch it. And Tubi has it. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be probably the next show that I start watching is uh, TJ Hooker. I can remember watching it as a kid, but I've not watched it since. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm thinking I know which one you said was weird, but I'm thinking. <laughs> um, next up was an ad. This was, I guess, coming out the week of Valentine's day special double animated Valentine's day feature, my Smurfy Valentine starring the Smurfs and then a special Valentine from the family circus. I have probably seen the Smurfs one. I do not believe I have seen the family circus one. Yeah. I remember there being a couple family circus specials and mm-hmm. I don't know which one I've seen as a kid, but, uh, I was more into the, just the comic strips themselves than the animated ones. The Smurfs, I probably have watched this. Uh, Valentine's Day is a big day for Smurfing. <laughs> but not this year. Gargamel's found a Valentine just as jerky as he is. And that means double trouble for the little ones. <laughs> trying to remember what, what the uh, plot is for that one. Because I, I was thinking maybe there's some kind of spell that Smurfette uses to get them all to run after her or something. I mean, it was something weird like that, but. Hey, big boy. Want to Smurf around? 
Yeah. Valentine's Day is for smurfing. Which that little line I said, want to smurf around, is on one of the Smurfs trading cards I have from 1983 with Smurfette on it. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I know they substituted the word Smurf for a lot of stuff, but come on. <laughs> I, Gosh, I didn't remember uh, the Smurfs having trading cards. Oh, well, folks, when uh, Wax Pack Flashback returns for season two here in the very near future, I'm going to open a pack of those. I've got them queued up. Very nice. You only got like six cards in a pack, but they were long, uh, panoramic type cards. Really? Yep. And what year? 81 or 83. I'm pretty sure it's 83. Wow. That was kind of unheard of back then. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious to look at those now. Oh, yeah. They're, I've opened a pack before. I don't believe I ever done it on camera, even in the retro ramblings days. But I've opened a pack and I said, there's one that just picture Smurfette on it. And she's looking at you smiling and says, want to Smurf around? <laughs> I'm like, um, maybe, um, <laughs> but back to this ad, <laughs> anytime cartoon specials aired in primetime back in the eighties and early nineties, it was a big deal in TV guide. They got a half or a three quarter or a full page ad on the day they were going to be on the airways i've got some others from christmas for the garfield christmas debut and the claymation mm -hmm. christmas and stuff like that i meant to uh, ask you did you look at some of these listings in here that are above the ads some of them uh going back to the uh, yeah yeah going back to the the tj hooker one the previous one at 7 30 there on saturday night You've got two stations competing with the Muppet Show with different episodes yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Well, I'm watching uh, the Rich Little episode. Yeah, I probably would as well. <laughs> Rita Marino was the uh, other one. But yeah, I was trying to look through here to see anything interesting. And I was like, wow. So two different stations have the Muppet Show in syndication on, on Saturday night for you to watch. Choose your best uh, or your favorite guest star, you know. And speaking of those listings, 8 p.m. right there, bring them back alive. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a Indiana Jones clone after the success of Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, bring them back alive and Tales of the Gold Monkey hit at the same time. But Tales of the Gold Monkey was actually conceived before Raiders of the Lost Ark. So it wasn't really a copy, but everybody passed on the show until Raiders become a hit. And then some people went back and said, what didn't somebody pitch us an adventure show like that? And <laughs> so it got made two years after it was interesting. Pitched. You know, we've talked about Shatner twice. Now I just saw yesterday, the man turned 90 years old. I know. I saw that too. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And the next one is a full page ad in the middle of TV guide for the new a team episode. A team versus SWAT team. A Magnum toting assassination squad is after a friend of the A team. When the good guys take on bad cops, it's action all the way. And you get a nice little shot of all four members, BA Hannibal face and Howlin' mad Murdoch. And it's got the blurb on it. New smash hit. Mm -hmm. Cause it debuted in 83. That's right. So, so that was an early episode. Mm -hmm. The hell's up with Hannibal's face. Yeah, Hannibal rarely lost his cool like that. I mean, it, I know. It was just a weird 
still to put on there. He looks like he's uh, just got shot or something. You know, mm-hmm. he's like the first time anybody got shot on the show. Uh, <laughs> it's just a crazy fit. And then it was weird to see face. I guess he's smoking a cigar. Yeah. And I see that. Yeah. That should be Hannibal smoking the cigar, but it looks like they almost like Photoshopped a cigar over a cigarette or something. Yeah. Cause he's, it, it looks white like towards his mouth and then it's dark the rest of the way. So that's probably why Hannibal's face looks like he's yelling at face. Where, what are you doing with my cigar? <laughs> yeah. You touched my cigar. You bugger. <laughs> now I'm wondering if this next one, is this the one you thought was weird? No, it was that one. Just the Hannibal's face oh, threw me okay. off with that one. I was like, what in the world? Well, this next one I thought was weird. Back in the heyday of the made-for-TV movie, mm-hmm. you've got one called Murder in Coweta County, which is based on a true story, starring Andy Griffith and Johnny Cash. Man, I am in heaven. I didn't even know this movie existed. I had no idea either. I didn't well, know I Johnny think, Cash was in any movies. You know, I looked to see if this was streaming, and it it's is. not. No, Did it is. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. Is it? it Are is. you serious? I, I searched it today. I looked and all I could find was where you could buy the DVD. And I thought, well, that's impressive. A made for TV movie from 1983. You can buy on DVD. Wow. Okay. No, it's on Tubi. I know what I'm doing this weekend, but <laughs> it says the kingdom, a backwoods dynasty of moonshine and murder. This is the story of the man who ran it and the man who crushed it. And interestingly enough, Andy Griffith plays the, the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Johnny Cash is the sheriff. That's what I, th- I saw this. I was like, man, Andy Griffith's got some messed up hair here and he's holding the gun. And then I looked and Johnny Cash has the badge. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shoot. He's the bad guy. I did watch a trailer for it on YouTube. And it does look pretty interesting. And Andy Griffith is a pretty convincing bad guy. Yeah. And what little bit you see of it. So what uh, era is this? Like 30s, 40s, somewhere uh, in there? It looks like it from the cars in the picture there. Yeah, that's what I was guessing. But I hadn't done any uh, research on when I what didn't, period. I didn't scan it. But they did an actual article on this movie earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cash was talking about how everybody in that area of Georgia wanted this guy captured, you know, wanted the story told mm-hmm. and how all these counties in Georgia made him honorary deputies because he was playing the sheriff in it. That's pretty good little story. Hmm. Uh, of course, I also thought this next one may have been what you thought was weird. <laughs> it's an ad for the fall guy UFO outlaws, but UFO and outlaws is all one word. They came from outer space, destroyed a town, and split with Jody and $2 million. It's got a UFO hovering in the picture. and I used to love the fall guy. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised it's not streaming anywhere. I wonder what the deal is. When I looked up on... Uh... There are a lot of full episodes on YouTube that you can find and watch. Really? Mm-hmm. I did a search. I'm over on Just Watch now, but um, matter of fact, the famous Elvira Halloween episode of the Fall Guys on YouTube, or at least it was back at Halloween. Hmm. Um, I did a search earlier on the uh, Real Good app, which I kind of prefer, and it said that Hulu had one episode streaming. So that I don't know what's up with right. that. Yeah, 
Just Watch is saying you can buy season one on Amazon, Vudu, Apple TV, but it's got like three or four seasons. So, yeah, if you're out thrifting and you find a Fall Guy DVD, you should probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. Now, these next two are ads for shows I have no memory of. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. But I'm no, surprised because of who the stars are. Right. The first one is called Amanda's. And it stars B. Arthur. B. Arthur is back and funnier than ever. Amanda's. Ah, totally lost on me. Never seen or heard of this show. And I'm guessing it might be some kind of hotel or something. Yeah, from the look of the key, maybe. Huh. I put these in here because I didn't know if you would have any knowledge yeah. of what. Let's see. Series star B. Arthur is Amanda Cartwright, who owns a seaside hotel called Amanda's by the Sea and was Arthur's first return to series television since her sitcom Mod ended in 1978. Mm. 13 episodes, three remaining unaired following the series cancellation. Mm. Hmm. That's why we don't remember it. And this next one, I just realized is not a series, but a movie. But it's called First Family, and it stars Bob Newhart as the president, with Madeline Kahn as the first lady and Gilda Radner as the first daughter. <laughs> ABC Friday Night Movie. I thought it was a TV series. I was like, how did I not know that Bob Newhart had yet another TV series? Yeah, I had no recollection of this one at all. Maybe it's streaming on Tubi, too. Maybe I can do a double feature with that and Andy Griffith movie. It actually came out in... This says 1980. I don't know if that's right or not. Maybe it was... Yeah, it was released to uh, theaters. So this must have been like the uh, television premiere. Yeah, made $15 at the box office. Uh, Released on Christmas, 1980. Huh. Interesting. That's one I'm going to have to look into. Also, it must not uh, be really good, though, because people would probably still talk about it if it was really funny. Well, it's got Harvey Corman in it, Fred Willard, and Rip Torn. Well, now, you see, there's some... some, some it's names. got some clout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First Family. Let's see what it says here. Just uh, buy or rent. No streaming services. Hmm. So. I don't believe I'm going to take a flyer on it and purchase it or rent it. Two bucks to rent it on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, moving on. I put this next one in here because I remember this being a big thing when we first got cable in the late 80s. And that's uh, Fleetwood Mac in concert on HBO only. <laughs> I remember a lot of HBO only concerts in the late 80s, like the Highwaymen. Willie Nelson, Johnny mm-hmm. Cash, Christofferson, Waylon Jennings, uh, just different ones. And I remember some of the original made for HBO movies and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Barbarians at the Gate and stuff like that. It, it's kind of like our VIP account. You try to produce exclusive content for your pay service. And this was a big, I, I would think this was a big one in 1983, having Fleetwood Mac concert on HBO. Sure. I think MTV did some concerts back then too. Cause I remember watching a couple that were like in full on YouTube. That was, uh, cause there was like in stereo, 
you know, <laughs> like when uh, when stereo your your hi fi stereo equipment was uh, was what the big thing back in the day. You know, that was the HD, mm-hmm. and MTV was just touting being able to broadcast in stereo sound. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a big deal back in the day. Because, I mean, like we've talked about before on here, and even uh, Tim and I touched on last week, you know, the only time you got to see, like, your favorite musical acts perform was, like, Saturday Night Live or at some of these award shows. Mm-hmm. So having a, a dedicated concert was a big deal. Well, the last thing I scanned was just a grid. Everybody likes the grids from TV Guide. From Wednesday night in the middle of the week to look for some highlights the first one that jumped out well it's not the first one that jumped out at me well it kind of was but i'll get to that in a minute seven brides for seven brothers i'm not sure what channel six was uh but i remember that series my dad used to like it uh based on the movie which was based on the mm-hmm. book what do you oh. see on there that jumps out <laughs> well one the fall my, guy at 9 p.m my dad would stay up uh and i I guess this was, uh, I don't remember it being like a weeknight thing, but Channel 6 also, after the late news, had the Benny Hill show. Dad, <laughs> Dad loved Benny Hill. And he would uh, kind of scurry me off, you know, <laughs> at certain points uh, when they when got a little fresh, you know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. he loved watching Benny Hills. But I w- was thinking that was more of a weekend thing. Well, you know, in syndication. In syndication, that thing airs all the time. If you're a big fan, you probably watch it whenever you get a chance in its own. Right. Channel 9 in 6 p.m., BJ and the Bear. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, channel had Benny Hill at 7.30. Oh, there you go. Your dad would have been loving it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of TV movies here. Well, I guess several channels were running the 7... 7- or not Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but this Dixie Changing Habits. I don't know what that is, but... It's a movie. It, I didn't scan the ad for it because I'd mm-hmm. never seen or heard of it. Chips Patrol. Mm-hmm. Do you know why shows were uh-huh. named like that in reruns? No. That was kind of odd to me seeing that. I have read uh, some stuff about that in the past, that in the early days of reruns on television, uh, I don't know if it's the FCC or who cracked down, and to keep confusion down of when new episodes were airing, if you were airing reruns in syndication, they had to have a different name. Uh, uh, there was another There was another example of this. I started to scan it, but I didn't. Some channel was showing Happy Days in the Afternoons, and it was retitled uh, Happy Days Again. Hmm. I know uh, Rawhide, not Rawhide, Gunsmoke. When it was shown in reruns, it was just called Marshall Dillon. Beverly Hillbillies was one of the original ones. And because it aired in syndication in the morning hours, it was called Morning Beverly Hillbillies. Baba Black Sheep, one of my favorite shows, was retitled Black Sheep Squadron. So a lot of the titles were pretty similar. But I saw this Chips Patrol in the Happy Days again and thought I'd bring that up for people who didn't know. So mm-hmm. this is obviously still a holdover from that. It's a rerun of Chips, but it's Chips Patrol. Interesting. Oh, and there it is. At 6 o'clock, very bottom there on USA. 
Cartoon Express. The Cartoon Express. I don't yes. know what they were airing in 1983 for that. But that's not the biggest thing on this page. If you look at ESPN at 8 p.m., college basketball, North Carolina at Maryland. Mm-hmm. That's the famous mm-hmm. game where the number three ranked UNC Tar Heels, led by Mike Jordan, were defeated by the huge underdog Maryland Terrapins with Lynn Bias. Oh, wow. Okay. That game from this actual day we're looking at is on ESPN. Or, I mean, is on YouTube. You can watch the game in full. Oh, wow. It was one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history at the time. Up to that time, I should say. And it just so that's why I picked this grid. I was looking through the different grids. I started to go with Friday night, you know, Dukes of Hazard, Dallas, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But then I saw that and I'm like, oh, that was from 83. And I've done the Wikipedia research. I'm like, that's the game. That's the famous <laughs> college basketball game. So we're going to use this grid so I can talk about it. Of course, Man, for people there... who don't know, Lynn Bias was one of the best college basketball players of his generation and died of a cocaine overdose the night he was drafted by the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Which they had got as a lottery pick. They already had Larry Bird and McHale and Parrish. You is there a 30 no for 30 on him? Bias. There is. It's called Without Bias. I think I've seen it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. That here's one of the best teams in the NBA getting the best player coming out of college at the time. You know, how many more titles would they have won by adding new blood? You know, yeah. oh, good gosh. And the poor kid, a lot of bad outside influences partying, celebrating, threw it all away in one night. Yeah, it's tragic. Uh, there are some like full moon movies on here, man. I would have thought for sure we'd see it more on the USA Network, but TMC, mm-hmm. it, you've got uh, Smash Palace at 6.30, then you got Swamp Thing at 8.30, and Barbarella at 10.00. Swamp and, Thing and, and Barbarella back to back is like a good USA up all night. That's it's right. Like a yeah. Double feature right there. Now, what is PRV? The Pervert Channel? <laughs> well, no. Nah. Don't, know. <laughs> don't know what that would be. It ain't but the it's Pervert got... Channel with the, what they're showing. There's, well, they've got meatballs on at 11, but before that, it's American Pop and. Come have coffee with us. I don't know what that is. And they're off the air at 6 p.m. I don't. Yeah, what in the world? I have no idea. Uh, TBS had a pretty good lineup there. Carol Burnett, Newhart, Gomer Pyle, and Andy Griffith. Hmm. All in that set. Yeah, you got some Twilight Zone reruns here late night. I see Quincy in there at 10 p.m. on Channel 30 after Facts of Life and Family Ties. Mm-hmm. The powerhouse two hours right there, isn't it? Real oh, people. Frederick Douglass was still on TV even way back then. <laughs> what is real people? Is that that kind of reality show? Yes. Okay. I do remember that show. Uh, yeah, you've got, wow. So you got Happy Days again. You got Laverne and Shirley after that. And then two Three's Company episodes back to back on Channel 56. That's kind of your uh, push up to prime time there. Uh, I thought it was funny. ESPN's got a, I guess, a fishing show in here too. <laughs> yeah, the fishing. At six thirty. Six thirty. 
Uh, I mean, it ain't, it wasn't like Orlando Wilson or nothing, but it, <laughs> the fishing hole was all right. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's Nickelodeon and they went off the air. This was before Nick at nighttime mm-hmm. here. This is crazy. Yep. Kids rights at six o'clock. Then you got tomorrow people. You can't do that on television at seven black beauty at seven 30. And then a show called live wire at eight to nine. And then they were off the air. Interesting. Hmm. A lot of good TV on back in 1983 on a Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, that's exact. You're exactly right. For a Wednesday night, there's definitely some stuff on here I'd be watching. And it's funny to me too that uh, USA was showing college basketball and then indoor soccer. I didn't remember USA being a sports network. You know, well, I, I do I remember them having Tuesday night fights all through the late 80s and early 90s and stuff boxing every tuesday night mm-hmm. of course he had wrestling on monday nights and now, i also seem to remember them showing there in the late 80s the world football league when they tried to run i did, I had not remembered that here's an hour of television i would love to watch right now on channel 12 at 7 tic-tac-doe followed by family feud mm. there you go well, I will see your pick and raise you mine from six to six thirty or six to seven on channel thirty six, MASH followed by the Jeffersons. Oh. I would and take another that. episode of MASH. Yeah, give me that whole hour and a half. And then they switch to hockey. <laughs> Bruins at Saber Well, this was a, a New England book, so yes. that's probably the local channel that carried the Bruins. Yeah, you're probably right. Hmm. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, that was very cool. That's the last page I got scanned in. Well, that's not All too right. bad. No. Oh, Tom and Jerry's on channel 56 at 4 p.m. <laughs> I might have to watch Little House on the Prairie. Oh, In Search Of is on that channel 9N. I'm a big fan of that 9N. <laughs> yeah. They show Hawaii Five O reruns. They got In Search Of on there. They got BJ and the Bear. That's like the... The old equivalent of today's me TV. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was funny that because I remember watching some PBS in the afternoons, and Channel Thirty Six must have been PBS. They had Three Two One Contact at six p.m. I was like, wow, that seems late. I realized they were running like the kids shows that late on a on a weeknight, but yeah, I watched some Three Two One Contact. Well, you know, that's PBS cause they've got great performances on there and Frederick Douglass and McNeil Lear and yep. yeah, the staples business report. Yeah. Steal the staples in most cases. <laughs> it's crazy. looks like there's another PBS channel. some TV community college show followed by untamed world. Mm. You remember, uh, what was the, what was the Marty Stauffer show? Um, wild, wild kingdom. No, oh, yeah. Marlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom. No, it wasn't. What did Marty? It was a different, different guy. Uh, but it was kind of like that in that same vein. And my dad loved that show. And it was, a, I, I think it was on around either the, the early news, the, the nightly news or something that he would go into that sometimes and, Wild Wild America, I think, was the name of it. Uh, anyway, the guy came to. We had a 
uh, Wild Game Banquet and uh, at the church, and he came and I brought like uh, I don't know what it was. I wanted to say it was a bird. Anyway, it was neat to you know see the guy. We watched the guy on TV, and then to meet him in person. That was like my first like you know <laughs> celebrity hey, celebrity hey, moment. You know, wild game dinner. I can picture him coming up and be like, "Hey, boy, you ever eat any beaver?" <laughs> Uh, I've shagged a few pelts in my day. Oh gosh, we're not the after hours quite yet. Oh crap! I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, unless you had something else, uh, no, that was it. Let's head back to the present day, and we'll uh, we'll tell you what's coming up on after hours later today. <laughs> All right, we uh, hope you enjoyed our journey through time back to 1983 and our TV guide. Uh, just thumbing through that. That was really fun, Mick. Uh, definitely need to do this again. Find us another issue at another time frame and just kind of go through all that again. That was really good. We've got a pretty good one from 1985 laying over here, too. Okay. Well, if you have any comments uh, based on this episode, maybe something just rang out to you that you used to watch or uh, maybe one of the ads let us know on twitter at trn social you can also find us at our personal accounts at rd80s at yesterdayville and apple users if you enjoy the show take a quick second to leave us a review you know if you follow us over there on trn social on twitter you might have seen me share some of our other shows hitting the top 200 on their charts would love to get the time machine onto one of those charts so that'll help us do it if you leave us a review over there on apple yeah and you don't have to like it to leave a five-star review just say it <laughs> all right well coming up on after hours uh i kind of grabbed the reins here for mick for uh, uh you know over the last couple episodes he's been leading us but had an idea today uh, a, a fun moment in our family i think i'm going to be buying a car for my oldest son and it kind of spawned me thinking about uh, you know, our first cars and, and that kind of time when we first started driving. So I think we're going to go down that rabbit trail and uh, see what we can come up with uh, in the world of uh, our first cars. And Mick, I know your daughter is also driving now and mm -hmm. we can talk about that. Well, she's more aiming than driving. but. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's coming up in After Hours later today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until uh, next week, we'll see you in time. <laughs> Try to be beaver. <coughs> Dear God. You can't All give right. me openings like that. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't blame you. Who would have thought you bringing up wild game? I would have went with that. But, you know. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>